All right. Welcome back to another episode of Over Engineered, the podcast where we ask the question, what's the absolute best way to do things we already have a perfectly acceptable solution for? Today, I am here with Mitesh Gamaresh, and uh, uh, we are going to talk about modularization, which is something that is near and dear to me. It's not it it doesn't quite fit into the theme of uh the 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 absolute best way to do things that we already have a perfectly uh, acceptable solution for but i think it's a great topic to talk about and it's something that you've been focused on a lot lately eh yeah definitely i feel that in the past 6 months or so i've been a little bit more vocal about the way that i like to build applications and yeah. modularization definitely goes goes into that well, before we get started, do you want to just uh, take a quick second to introduce yourself and say hello? Yeah, sure. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. It's a huge pleasure to be here. My name, as I said, is Mateus Guimarães. It's a little bit hard to pronounce in English, so Mateus is fine for, for all of my English-speaking friends. I'm a software developer from Brazil. Uh, I've been in the Laravel community for... Almost nine years now, so it's been a while. I started with Laravel when I was in high school in 2015, so it's it's definitely been a while. And um, I would say that I, I produce screencasts and technical content and that kind of thing, mostly on Laravel, but also on some architectural concepts and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Awesome. Well, let me sort of set the stage from from my perspective. I think you and I have have sort of approached or experienced module modularization in slightly different ways. And I think it's going to be interesting to talk about that. But um, on my end, you know, InterNACHI, uh, I've been, I've been building uh, software for InterNACHI for over 20 years. And it's a, you know, this application that we've built is gigantic. <laughs> and when we first moved to Laravel, we, we, you know, followed just the regular conventions, but we got to a certain point where just organizing the application got very difficult. And it just felt like we needed some, you know, additional layer, <clears throat> excuse me, of organization. And uh, that's when I set off uh, and, and built Modular, which is our solution to modularization in Laravel. And the approach that I really took with Modular was I, I knew that we were veering away from conventions and I wanted to mitigate that as much as possible. So modular is really trying to recreate all of the Laravel conventions, but in a modular way. And we've been using it for a few years now, probably three or four at least. Uh, at this point, our application maybe has 30 different modules in it and it's been a really, really useful tool for us. Um, I think that for me, I will say, you know, a lot of applications probably don't need modularization, but I do think that in, it kind of feels like there's a, a movement in 2024 to figure out how to get back to like the good sides of co-location of code. Mm -hmm. And I think even for smaller applications, if it makes sense, there are times when you just have a feature that's really well, you know, sort of well isolated and and just 
putting it in its own place can be really useful. So that's that's kind of just my take. What got you first started in like thinking about this way of building applications? So I had a company and we our application grew really large. And even though we had a lot of automated tasks and really good coverage, and uh, I tried to the, the best of the extent of what I could do back then, um, write good code that followed the Laravel conventions, it, it, it got to a point where it was really, really hard to make changes, know where things are, and I think that's one of the most important things. So, for example, we, 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 we dealt with event tickets. So we sold event tickets. We were a platform to, to, to sell events. And um, I got into modularization where we had to build a fraud prevention system. And sure. they started to notice, okay, this, this, this is all the same thing, right? This kind of, it doesn't make sense to spread all of those different pipeline rules and models and some other classes throughout my application because they all relate to fraud prevention. And we were having a real hard time keeping up with the application we had, I don't know, maybe a hundred models or so. And it was just really, really, it was just overwhelming to look at that app folder and, you know, see 30 different directories, 300 files. I was spending a lot of time trying to make sense of things in my head when I had to do what's coming up, even though we had really good task coverage and whatnot. So I said, okay, so what if I just create a folder for this called fraud prevention? And toss everything in there. And um, at the time, I'm like, yeah, but maybe that's going to, against conventions. You know, Laravel does a lot of magic to know where things are, event listeners, that kind of thing. But I went with that. And at the beginning, it was very frustrating because I had to start figuring things out myself, registering things within service providers, that kind of thing. But um, at the end, it worked out. So... At that point, I, I don't think I was fully sold into modularization. I, I use it for specific modules where I think it made sense to keep things together. And then a couple of years later, I had an experience with microservices. And uh, this was a much bigger team. So things were much more complicated. Uh, we had several applications. We used different ways to communicate. So I was only used to working with monoliths. On this project, we used gRPC. We also had Kafka to deliver some events, that kind of thing. So after that, when I got back into Moliths, I started thinking, okay, what if we could pick the good things about microservices and have them in a monolith? You know, ignore the network calls and the separate repositories and the separate deployments, all of that. Have the simplicity of a monolithic application, but also have the good things that I like about microservices, which are you know, having those independent services, allowing teams to evolve differently in different uh, rates, different speeds, in different modules and whatnot. And that's kind of when I started reading about modularization in general and started getting into it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great point. Like, there's been a lot of pushback against microservices for and for good reason, because I think, you know, in a lot of ways that was a web development fad not to say that there aren't lots of applications that make where that pattern makes perfect sense but i think you know it became the the nail that everyone's hammer saw for a while there and um but 
there was a reason why so many people got sort of interested in microservice architecture because it does it does have some really nice benefits. And so, yeah, I definitely agree that you can replicate a lot of the upside of microservices in in application modules without having as much of the downside. That's a really good point. And I think uh, another thing that you you brought up that we were talking about earlier is there's kind of two different um, axes that sort of impact your decision to go this direction. Um, for us at Internachi, it was really just uh, application size. You know, we've al- always been a really small team. And so the team size didn't really have anything to do with the decision. It was just our application is just really, really big. And it it covers lots of different scopes. And it made sense from an organization perspective. But I think Another important consideration is if you are dealing with really large teams, you get into a position where you have to establish more fixed boundaries and, you know, there's just a lot of formal processes that are necessary with larger teams that aren't, uh, aren't as necessary for smaller teams. And so I can see how coming from a, you know, a place where you were dealing with a lot of those issues gave you some perspective on that. Yeah, for sure. I, I do think that the organizational aspect is probably the the one that could affect the, the larger group of people. Because the thing is, when you add code, you're not just adding code, right? You have to maintain it as well. And every time that you introduce coupling, and I'm not saying that coupling is bad by any means, but anytime that you introduce coupling, you have one more thing that you have to pay attention to. You have one more dependency between the actors within your software. So uh, I would say that the the organizational aspect is what I think is the most in- interesting for small teams. It's just being able to maintain code. Uh, as your code base grows larger, it's not just adding more code, it's, it's making what you already have more complicated. So having at the very least, the logical separation between all the components of your application, I do think that makes sense. and. Um, you don't have to go very far, right? If you look at the Laravel core, you have different components. And this coupling aspect is also taken into account. So, for example, I recently PR'd something to to allow for events only being dispatched after a database transaction. So you have the events module that's also talking to the database module. But coupling is taken into account. So if you look at the code, there are some some checks to see if we have a transaction manager bound to the container, that kind of thing. And those are very separated. So the work that you do on the event side is very clearly defined, and the work that you do on the database side is also very clearly defined. Of course, and, and that's kind of what I said back then, when I started with modularization, I do feel it's a little bit harder to start with and you spend a little bit more time on the on the foundational side of things. So that was frustrating. And I still feel that today when we're starting a new module or a new project even, I do take a little bit more time to set up things compared to what I would do in a regular Laravel application. But I, I do think that the, the logical separation by itself already has a lot of upsides, especially as your project grows. Yeah, 
that's a I had never really thought about it, but Laravel is certainly modular in its design, and I, and it just made me think like, you know, I, I'm guessing that a lot of people have seen somewhere in their stack trace like foundation service provider, but never really thought about what that is. And there's a whole sort of component of the Laravel framework that's whole responsibility is tying all of the different modules together, right? Like the the HTTP stuff talking to the the uh, database stuff. What you know, I can't think of a good example right now, but it's a it's a useful way to think about it. And just looking at Laravel code can kind of give you a bit of a sense of how these separations make sense. Yeah, and if you look at Symfony, it's the same thing, right? Symfony even more so, I would say. But they, they both take into account those those things, um, how big the module is, what 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 does the component do, what are the the course features it does, and what should it delegate to a different module. How those modules communicate to each other, is it through a method call, is it through events? So Laravel is a lot of events internally as well. So I think those are important things to take into account. And every time that I talk about this, someone says, okay, but this is over-engineering. You, you don't have to think about that when you're starting out a project. But uh, I, I used to think that as well. I did not, uh, my opinion changed a little bit these days. I don't think that just because you're starting out of the project, you shouldn't think about how you're going to maintain it. I would say that most of us, most developers are employed by someone, right? So you're working for a company. If you're an indie hacker and you're just trying out an idea, I would say that's a different, that's a completely different thing. You know, you're probably working by yourself. You don't have to, maybe you don't really have to deal with your earlier decisions like you do if you're employed and you're working with other people and, you, and the company have, has goals and whatnot. So I obviously do not think that you should think about everything that could possibly happen within an application in two to three years, and you shouldn't aim for that. But I do think it's important to at least say, okay, what is the best way that I can write code that I can maintain in six or six months or one year or two years? And if I happen to add new features to this, how can I write code right now that doesn't take me you know, twice as long, but also does not brittle me in one to two years? I think that's an important question, and I don't think I have an answer. I don't think modularization is an answer, but uh, it's something I try to keep in mind when I'm writing code. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's like a, a double-edged sword that we all kind of deal with of like, when is this a premature optimization and when is this, you know, thinking towards the future? And, you know, oftentimes there's sort of a middle ground or... You know, the thing that I think about is, you know, how hard is this going to be cha to change in the future? And, you know, can I, can I do a little bit less now knowing that I might go this direction eventually? But I think that there are certain things that, um, you know, it's helpful to kind of commit to early. And, you know, a, a good example of that is, you know, anything that you know may eventually be a has many implementing it as a has many yeah. to begin with is going to save you so much pain in the future right yeah but uh, you know modules kind of feels like that same thing it's like if you commit to that 
architecture from the get-go, it might save you some pain in the future. Although that said, I do think one of the benefits of of at least the the approach that we have to modulization is we still treat the application module as its own module. And that almost becomes like the foundation portion of the app, just like in Laravel. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the the user model is in the application namespace, you know, in our case, like a company model. All these like core concepts that need to be passed uh, across all of those different boundaries are going to be used really uh, across the whole application. We still put that stuff in the application module. And so it's not too hard to introduce the modular package and approach to existing applications because you really can, you know, they really do work together. But I do think, you know, thinking about how is this going to be received by someone in six, 10, 18 months is, is really useful because, you know, in my experience, we, we had a new developer join about a year ago and, you know, I, I saw a little bit of the back and forth on Twitter recently, Jeffrey Way was posting about your, your course and about some of the, the concepts in there. And he got a little pushback that, well, if everyone follows all the conventions, then it's easy to find things. And I I totally get that mindset, but that only works when you know what you're looking for. And I think one of the big advantages of breaking things into modules is when you are coming to a code base for the first time or coming back to a feature that you haven't touched in 12 months, you have one place to just scan through and look at the whole feature implementation. Okay, so this has these models, it has these controllers, it's using, you know, it's using actions in this, or it's using verbs or what, you know, whatever feature that that particular or whatever approaches that particular feature need, you can kind of get a whole overview. Whereas if you have you know, the the three controllers in your app controllers directory may be under some namespace. And then you have the model in your models directory and you have the form request in your HTTP request directory. You know, when the, all those files are spread across your whole application, it becomes a lot harder to get the, the full shape, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that goes to what you were saying of what what's this going to be like in six to 12 months it's easier to come back to or to to approach for the first time, I think, when it's when everything's a little bit more collocated. No, I definitely agree. And um I, I think people tend to be a little bit more more radical on their opinions online. So sometimes when they say, okay, I like modules, they think, oh, so you think the default structure is bad. And I, I don't think that by any means I think the default structure is perfectly fine. I just feel that for the applications that I've built in the in the last five years or so, going modular is just better. It's not that the default one's bad. It's just that I think modularization is better, uh, especially in the in the long term. So so having things collocated, especially when you're onboarding someone new, makes things so so much easier. We have I'm working on a project where we're migrating from a legacy code base to a new monolith. And uh, I've seen this just now. We have a payment processing module. So everything related to payment processing is there. We have different gateways. We have fakes for different types of things. 
Uh, we have different actions, models, keeping codes, a lot of things, and they're all sure. in there. So if someone were to join this code base and say, okay, we need to make a change to how we take payments, they don't have to scan the entire code base. They know where it is. It's everything in one folder. So I definitely think that that aspect is for most projects, one of the most important ones. And because um, as you go down the rabbit hole, you can start talking about coupling between modules and how you're communicating between modules. Is it through a method call? Is it through an event? Do you have eventual consistency, that kind of thing between different modules? Which I think is still a, an interesting conversation, especially as your project grows larger and whatnot. But I, I don't think it's essential for most projects. And on the Laracast course, one, one thing that I tried to do is I went a bit overkill on a lot of things. So it's an example project. It's simple. But I, I went very overkill on some things to showcase how that could help you somehow. So at the end of the course, we, we try an event-driven approach where we dispatch events to talk between modules. I obviously wouldn't do that in an application of that size in real life. But sure. maybe the application that you're working on is not that small. It's a big one, and that starts to make sense. So one thing that I tried to, and I'm not sure if I succeeded on that, was from the beginning say, everything that you see here is you know, artificial. It is overkill. And every time that I talk about coupling, it, it, it is a spectrum. It's not, it's either you know, loosely coupled or tightly coupled. It, it's a spectrum. Uh, it really depends on what module you're talking about, how much autonomy you want to have on a given module those kinds of things. It's, it's not zero or one, like a lot of folks think it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's definitely something that we, we try to keep in mind, at least in, internally, is, you know, you don't have to be dogmatic about this stuff. And you can just use these tools as useful, uh, you know, how they are useful to you. So, you know, in our case, we don't really worry too much about, you know, the coupling modules or really the the boundaries between the modules don't matter too much to us because of the way our team works, because of the way our application works. Those trade-offs just don't make sense for, for our use case. And, you know, we can make that decision. And in another application, it may be really important to keep the, the boundaries between modules really, really firm. And you know that app the, the the developers of that application can make that decision but i really think that a lot of the conversation about these architectural concepts and you know when you get into domain oriented design like it comes with a lot of baggage because unfortunately i think that a lot of people who are advocates of some of these approaches can you know get really really fixed on well this is the only way to do it and there's only one right way to do it and you have to do it this way and it kind of hurts the whole you know the, the whole ecosystem because there's never just one way to do something and it always depends right yeah i mean you, you mentioned a good point you know i i have a lot of friends who are into ddd I wouldn't call myself a, a, a domain-driven development guy by any means, but I've, I've read some things. One thing that I really do not like is the terminology. It sounds really mm -hmm. complicated. So yes. when you see someone talking about domains and subcontext, 
and aggregates and aggregated roots and value objects and that kind of thing, it sounds really, really fancy. And when I started learning these things, I was very intimidated because you see those evangelists or whatever you want to call them saying that this is the right way and you have to do things this way in a bunch of complicated terms. And I thought that what I thought that it was really, really complicated. And and turns out it wasn't so complicated. I definitely think that there's a lot of useful knowledge there, but I agree with you. People do feel like I feel like people do insist there is a right way to do things and everyone else is wrong. But I know this is kind of unrelated to to domain-driven design, but uh, I also think that people focus on the wrong pieces of domain-driven design, right? They focus on the tactical patterns instead of focusing on, you know, domain knowledge and how to ensure that you can model, how, how to ensure that you're modeling your domain properly, that kind of thing. And I feel some confusion comes from that. Uh, I would say that people like to focus on the least important piece of DDD, which is, <laughs> sure. you know, uh, which directory you're going to create. Are you going to create a valid object? Do you have an aggregate? I, I don't think that's as important as the other pieces, as the strategical piece of, of domain-driven design. And I also feel that kind of goes together with modularization because when you create your modules, even if you do not, let's say that you're just creating modules and you don't really care about boundaries and coupling and whatnot, just by the fact that you have a module and you have a place to group files, you kind of already do care about that. You're keeping things that are related together. So you're, you're by default already creating a cohesive application, even if you don't think about that. And um, that's one of the things that I like about modularization. In my experience, and maybe other people do not have the same experience, it really, really, I, I was going to say force you, but that's not the right word. But it really pushes you to start thinking about, you know, cohesiveness and which things should live together in your application and that kind of thing. And uh, I felt that for me, that really made me, it, it made me think about applications in a simpler way than I would if I had a huge application where everything is, you know, scrambled through the application. I, I'm not sure if that makes a lot of sense. It does in my head, but maybe it doesn't know that I'm saying no, no, that that's I that makes a lot of sense and I I think you know, I think you're right that just forcing the question of where does this belong, you know, kind of encourages you to think about a, a few <laughs> a few steps back, you know. And um yeah, I I think you're, you know, I, I I said before we don't really care too much about the boundaries between modules. But obviously, just having modules is establishing boundaries, and there are certain ones that you know we're a little bit more uh, we're a little bit more careful about. Either you know there are a couple of features that we've built as modules and then eventually extracted out into their own packages to open source. And so, if it's something like that, uh, I'm going to worry a lot more about the boundaries than than elsewhere. But yeah, I mean. You know, I don't know how much we I can't we talked a little bit off air, but I can't remember how much we talked about verbs. Verbs is a an event sourcing package that Daniel Colbert and I have been working on for a while. And, you know, it's really a direct sort of reaction to some of the stuff that you were just talking about, right? All of these concepts in event sourcing, the the aggregate root and 
projection and you know command query uh, segregation responsibility like all all these different concepts it can make a an approach to designing an application that has value really intimidating and when you get really strict about the way you approach something like event sourcing or ddd the, the that that rigidity can be really off-putting and so when we sat down to build verbs the idea was how can we encourage the best of the best practices but also sort of pull away all of that boilerplate that just felt so bad and and i think some of that same instinct that that came from or that that inspired verbs is it, you know it feels like it's in the same vicinity as what appeals to be appeals to me about modularization because you know so we we've, we've been running um our exam system uh, we we migrated our a portion of our exam system to a, a new event source system and that's been running in production for years now and it's been great but the one thing that's constantly been a frustration for me is you know, every time you add a new thing, a new event, you have to go into your aggregate root and add a couple functions. You have to go in, you have to create the event. You have to go into your projector and add a new function. You have to go into your reactor and add a new function. You have to, you know, you just have to, just for one little thing, you have to go into six different places and create files or add new, new methods. And sometimes, even though we're still doing that in modular you know we're still creating a form request and a, a controller and a model and a policy and a factory right maybe we're still creating a bunch of files but at least all the fi those files kind of live together and are in one place you know whether they live together in one file or live together in one module it kind of feels like the same that same general sensibility of just like all the stuff or yeah pull away some of that like complication and just make it simpler to figure out i feel like i had a point that i was <laughs> i was heading towards there and then i got sidetracked but no, um, i think you do i think i think a point you can take from that is that collocation is usually good right at least that's been my experience and and if you think outside of the web a little bit I think with embassy frameworks and that kind of thing, we forced a natural separation of things by type, grouping by type. So you have models all together, you have controllers all together. But if, if you look at other types of software, that's not, I don't think that's as dominant as it is within web development. Yeah. If I, I honestly, I, I honestly think that the uh, PSR standards for file, for class loading, you know, they they overall did a huge uh, you know all the psr standards have been tremendous and com composers just been amazing for the php ecosystem so like i want to say that first but i think this one file per class approach you know has really hurt uh hurt the php ecosystem a little bit because there's just times when it would be so much it would just be so much better in in every way to just drop your you know 
your form request object in the same file as your controller, right? If the controller, if this controller is the only class that ever is going to deal with this form request, like why do they have to be two separate files and two separate namespaces? I think that's one of the reasons why a bunch of people get frustrated with some of these patterns is just the sheer volume of boilerplate that you have to create when you want to add something simple. And a lot of that I don't think would feel nearly as bad if it was just, oh, I'm just going to add a second class to this file and call it a day, you know? Yeah, man, I agree. I recently, not recently, a couple of months back, I tweeted something. So I, I do use value objects frequently. And sometimes I have value objects that are akin to an aggregate. It, it only works within that context. And I hate that I have to create a new file yes. to use that in a single class. I would love if I could just drop that in the same file because it, it, it would make my life easier. I don't have to jump between multiple files. I, I know that it, you know, it's related to the parent file. It is on the same file. I'm sorry, to the parent class. It is on the same file. I don't have to look in a bunch of places. We, we spoke briefly about that offline. I, I do think that when, when you create those patterns and you know those sorts of things, you, you do have to establish guardrails because you, you don't know who's going to be using it. And um, I imagine that the PSR folks thought a lot about that. Um, so I don't have the context they have when they, when they set up those rules. I personally would love to be able to have two classes in a single file or multiple classes in a single file. But the guardrails aspect is something that stuck to me ever since I worked in a larger team. Like if you have a, a number of people, or even worse in the case of PSR, you don't know who those people are. It's really hard to say be pragmatic because, you know, I might do yeah, one thing, sure. you might do something completely different. So uh, I think we spoke about this when we were offline on, on this larger team where we did microservices. There were a lot of practices that when I joined, I thought were, you know, I thought it was boilerplate and like, you know, why do we have to do this? But uh, sometime later, I realized why we had to do this because everyone who didn't do that broke things. <laughs> you know, if you have six people working on, on, on an application, it gets really, really hard to make sure that everyone's on the same page and that you're following the same conventions throughout the application. So... Conventions and something I consider important. People always think, always talk about the different level structure. And um, I can't recall who it was, but someone asked me, um, what do you think about having a regular Laravel application, but also having modules? And like, you know, I, I don't think that's a good idea. I think you have to, to pick something. If your convention is the default convention, then it is the default convention. If it is modules, then it is modules. I think if you mix a bunch of things, they kind of lose their purpose because now you have a mixture of modules with a regular layer of application and you still don't know where to look for things because it could be in a module, it could be in the common directory, the common type directory. And so I think for teams, the, the most important thing is speaking on what everyone feels comfortable with, right? Rather than trying to use the latest, th the, the latest thing or the, the cool thing or the, the hyped thing which I do see happen a lot. I don't know about yeah. you, but uh, I see that very frequently. No, I mean, I definitely agree. And and I mean, that's the reason why, even though I, I wish I could do it a different way, I don't, right? Because in the end, following known conventions, it just saves 
everyone so many headaches, right? And and for the most part, your tooling should be able to help with a lot of that. We've definitely invested in a lot of of internal tooling and and open source some stuff to help mitigate it because it's I think the when you are talking about conventions and pull requests, <laughs> that feels bad, right? You shouldn't uh, the code review should be about the code, not about the the code style. I think the tooling should should for the most part solve that. But it's important and and definitely as uh you know as either your your application grows or your team grows or you know if you're working on open source and and you want to get contributions that are that are useful from other people like these things start to matter a little bit more and we do we do have to trade we it's a trade off right sometimes there is a way that probably would feel a little bit better to you that's not conventional and so it's it's more stepping back and and thinking about the bigger picture and and i think that you know to your point that's that's why the psr standard is the way that it is is they had to pick something and that felt like the best the best standard to use because it's a lot easier to say one class per file than it is to say one pl- class per file unless you have a good reason to put two classes in your file <laughs> you know yeah like, <laughs> yeah a hundred percent so you know i i can live with it it's just a a little little frustration of mine and i think i think that in the end thinking about modules helps me kind of mitigate that because even though i'm still dealing with the you know maybe creating three or four or five different classes when i'm introducing a new a new model for example it doesn't hurt so much when i know they're all going into into a you know nice focused place yeah man i i feel like that's that's something that modules bring that people don't really think about. The blast radius, if something goes wrong, is much smaller. The, the, yeah. the surface area of everything really is much, much smaller. And this is the kind of aspect that I have a hard time to explaining simply because I, I don't know how to put that in words. I think it's the kind of thing that you have to, you have to suffer from the first, then see the other <laughs> yeah. way, and then go, you know, that actually makes sense. I see that with modules, just because you have things collocated, if you mess something up, you're not messing your entire application, you're messing that specific module. So these days, um, someone asked me um, from, from the Laracast courses in Media DM, um, they had an example. Well, what if you have a blog application? Would you still, you know, modularize that? Isn't that overkill? And my answer was, you know, just create a blog module or a blogging module. There is a, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of deviating from subjects here, but that just came to mind and I think it's interesting. No, go for it. Uber has an article called Domain-Oriented Mac- Microservices, which people call macroservices. So they pretty much describe, instead of going very micro, you know, extremely micro, they just started building one microservice per domain. So, you know, if blogging is a domain, make that a module. It doesn't have to, at least I don't think a module has to be extremely small, like only a couple files. I think a module can describe an entire domain and then you can have sub modules. So that's something I do a lot. 
we have, for example, we have the shopping module, which relates to everything related to buying products. So inside this shopping module, you also have a checkout context, which has everything related to the actual checkout, which also have the card. You also have the ability to save your card. You have the ability to add things to your card, that kind of thing. And, and, and that's, um, that's one thing that I, I do not see a lot of people talk about, the module sizes, right? When I started reading about this, since I had this microservices context, my initial thought was always, you know, let me try and make this module as small as possible. And after reading this from Uber, and Shopify also has two great articles on, on modularization. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, GitHub already also has one. And they all describe those bigger modules that encompass an entire domain. So they're not composed, for example, of only one aggregate root, uh, that kind of thing. They're much bigger. They just describe a behavior, the, 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 or an allowance the user has on your application, right? So what's something you can do in this application? You can shop. So you have a shopping module. You can check out an item. So you have a checkout sub-module or even a complete separate module. You can register. So maybe you have an authentication module, that kind of thing. And, and, and that's how I started thinking about applications, you know, what, what is the, the core concept that the thing I'm building falls in? You know, if I'm working on a payment model, what is the core concept of that? Is that a payments thing or is it strictly related to an order, for example? And, and that's why, especially with the course now that people are watching it and they're, they're asking me questions, I have a hard time asking some of them because they go and say, okay, so if you have a payment model and you have an order model and you have you know, uh, whatever. Which modules do I create? And like, I don't know, because I, I, I don't know what your software does, right? It, it, it needs to make sense to your software, to, to what your business does. And that's where I think, going back to what we discussed earlier about, you know, being dogmatic, that's where I think being dogmatic just doesn't work because the answers are always going to change. They're always going to vary. Yeah, I mean, that was the other thing that kind of struck me about the 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 sort of twitter back and forth earlier was you know it's just like we are smart people making hard decisions all the time right <laughs> that's that's basically what our job is is to figure out how to solve problems and do that in a way that is you know, effective and efficient and, and easy to maintain and, you know, secure and fast and all, all the different things. Right. And like, what, if you, if you really think about it, right. Um, someone who says, you know, well, I have this order model and this cart model and this, uh, you know, shopper model or whatever. And they're, they're asking you where to, where to put each one. Well, you could, basically ask, well, why do you have an order model and a cart model and a shopper model, right? Like you had to make a call <laughs> about what are the things that are in your application and what you're going to name them. And, you know, sort of thinking about modules is the same. You just, you just have to make a call and you're going to get it wrong sometimes. And there are plenty of times when, yeah, maybe it, you know, a good example that I can think of is you know, we have an exams module and we have a certificates module. And, you know, you receive a certificate 
upon completion of an exam. And like, there are things that I could argue it goes in the exams module, or I could argue it goes in the certificates module. And either, either is either the right choice or both of them are wrong choice. You know, you could think about it either way, but like, we just had to make the call. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And that's true of everything. Like you just, you have to make calls all the time in programming about how to approach a problem. And there are usually dozens of perfectly acceptable answers and you just have to pick one. And it's more, you know, following the same heuristics for your team every time, right? Having your own conventions, having understanding within your team about, well, for this type of thing, we collectively have decided to do this, right? And that's not to say that it's not important to have conventions and rules, but those only get you so far, right? At a certain point, it's just like, it just depends. And you just, you pick a place and hopefully if you get it wrong, it's not too hard to refactor later and it'll probably be fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I think there was a big mindset shift for me, which was just accepting that I am going to get things wrong. But uh, when I'm writing something, I'm also thinking, okay, if I happen to get this wrong, can I, can I write this in, in such a way? Can I, can I architect this in such a way that if I happen to get this wrong, it's not so hard to undo it or to change it? Earlier in the conversation, you mentioned the has many thing. And, and, and that's one thing that I think if you haven't been bitten by it, you don't know about it, you know? So it, it, it's one of those things, it, it needs to happen first. So you have the knowledge and say, okay, maybe this should be a has many relationship because I've been bitten by this in the past. And I already know about that. Yeah, that is, I mean, you know, that's, that's the unfortunate truth of a lot of this stuff is just like, you know, you have to learn your own lessons (laughs) and, uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't say the number of times that someone said, well, why did you do this? And my answer is, well, in 2001, (laughs) you know, or like, well, we had this vendor five years ago, you know, like it's just, it it usually, it's just, you, you have to, you have to have some of that pain to, uh, to know, to avoid it in the future. Yeah. But I mean, going a little bit outside of modularization, I do think it's very important to, to explore things, right? Explore ideas and explore solutions, explore patterns. So I'm going to mention the course again, just because now that people are watching it, they're making questions. Some guy asked from Wirecast, how do I know if I should use this? And, and I don't have an answer. The, the answer is, you know, create a new branch, try it out, see what you think, see if it makes sense, share with your colleagues, see what they think. Maybe it doesn't, but if it doesn't, at least now you know that that's not a solution for the problem that you have, but maybe you can apply it in other problems. And uh, I, I think it's the same with domain-driven design, with event sourcing, with secure as. Uh, we keep hearing all of those buzzwords. And I, I would even go as far as saying that the modular monolith is now a new buzzword. People are repeating it nonstop. So we're hearing those things. And I'm saying this because it happened to me. I kept listening about DDD, secure as, clean architecture, you know, ports and adapters, and I didn't know what they were. So. Uh, until I stab my toe into the water and play with it a little bit, I started to get a glance. Okay, this kind of makes sense to me. I don't really see benefit on this. 
but I think everything related to to architecture and, and modularization is architecture, right? Um, is one of those things that that the, the answer actually is depends. It's it's not a meme. It's it, it actually is depends. You, you don't know what the software does. You don't know what problem they're solving. You don't know their context. You know, even e-commerce applications are vastly different. You, you don't have recipes. You have e-commerce applications that 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 are omni-channel. They they also sell physically and they use the same software. They also have partners uh, selling stuff. They ship for other people. That kind of thing. So I would say that one of the things that I learned the most with with modularization really is how to think about the domains of my application, right? What, what does my what does the business do really? Because at least what I try to do, and I think you kind of feel the same, is I try to make the modules match the different aspects of the business, right? So in your case, you have an exams module because you have people taking exams. Uh, you have a certificates module because you give people certificates. And to me, it was very much trial and error. I Many times I created modules that, you know, one month later, I was like, okay, that makes absolutely no sense. But since it is a module and since everything in it is somewhat self-contained and complicated, making that change is not as hard as it was, you know, if I had that in a regular application, tangled between the webs of different classes and a bunch of other things. So I do think that that nowadays building modular applications, it, it makes my life easier in the long term, even in the short term, you know? Yeah, that's a, That's definitely something that we've done. Um, and I haven't really thought about it as, a, an, as an advantage. But yeah, like, because your modules are, you know, in their own namespace, and you know we have tools that make it make refactoring pretty easy nowadays deciding to back out of a module is a lot easier than deciding to modularize after the fact right because i can just take you know my modules exams all my that whole namespace just move it into another module or rename it or you know if i need to expand the scope of the module i can rename it pretty easily I need to, uh, you know, combine two modules, as long as there aren't naming conflicts, you know, within the actual classes, it's relatively easy or, you know, move something into sort of a sub module. There's, there's lots of, there are lots of opportunities to change your mind. And, you know, there have been features where I just had an idea over the weekend and I wanted to like stub it out, just start a new module and I can just throw the whole thing away. Obviously, with version control, that's not a big, big advantage. But I think it's almost like a mental advantage of just like, oh, this this entire directory, I just need to to walk away from it. You know, <laughs> just trash the whole thing. Yeah, you know, one thing I do is sometimes I'm working on a module and I'm not really sure if that's going to work out. What I do is I look at the pull request diff, and since the module is a different directory. I know at first glance if I touched anything unrelated to that, you know? So I know which other modules I touched. I know which other models I touched, that kind of thing. Uh, whereas if you have everything together, it's it's just, it's really hard to visualize what you're doing amongst a sea of other unrelated things. And I do think- That's I a really good advantage. point. Yeah. yeah. 
I think a huge I mean, advantage. That definitely. Oh, sorry. Go sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No. Well, I was just going to say that uh, I have observed that benefit a thousand times, but I never really articulated it. Um, when reviewing a PR, it's so much easier to to understand the scope of the change, you know, especially if the feature, if the change is really isolated to a specific feature, it's, it's so much easier to just say, okay, yeah, this is only changing files within that module. <laughs> so there, the, the scope of like unintended consequences I already know is smaller. It's already easier for me to know that the, you know, the implementation meets the, the feature requirements because I, I can see that it's not like reaching into a bunch of different places and that has been super valuable for us because it definitely makes it easier to review code changes and and even just understand a pr even if it's not just a review but just i need to understand how this pr works i can look at what modules it touches and quickly see the scope in a way that if I was just seeing a bunch of files across the entire application, just take a little bit longer to figure out what's going on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that the fact, I think maybe you feel that with event sourcing as well, the fact that you cannot just cowboy code and, you know, run a few commands and create a model, a controller, a policy, a listener, all of that real quick, and you have to stop for a while and think and think on things. Obviously, this is not related to modularization or event sourcing or anything, but it, it kind of forces you to do that, right? When I'm working on a module or anything like that, or creating a new one, I have to stop for a while and think, okay, what, what, do, what do I want to do with this? What problem am I trying to solve with this? And obviously, I think you can, you can, um, you can definitely do this outside of the scope, working on any application, but it's something that I didn't used to do on, on, I'm going to call them regular Laravel applications because I can just type a command real quick and get moving. So that's definitely something that benefited me. And I think another question that's important to make, we, we always make the question, why should you deviate from the default structure, right? But I think an important question is, why is the default structure better? You know, why is grouping by type better than not grouping by type? And I, I don't sure. even know the answer for this. I, I don't know when people decided to start grouping things by type, but uh, it goes back to context. Maybe for you, for your application, it does make sense to group by type. I would say that for the applications that I work on today, it usually doesn't. It usually makes more sense to group by feature, group by module. Yeah, no, I agree entirely with that. I mean, I think, you know, if there is one thing that I could... <laughs> wave a magic wand and change about Laravel, it would be rethinking that that application structure. Although, you know, I, I wish that I had looked into this a little bit more because I don't I don't have the conclusion to this question, but or the 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 reasoning behind it. But I was talking with Taylor about this a little while ago and he mentioned that Symphony, uh, I think in the switch between version three and version four, actually backed out of a more modular approach to application design. So in version three of Symfony, um, your application was built in what was called bundles. 
and each bundle was like its own module. And I, I, I could be wrong about the 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 specifics because I, I haven't really built Symphony applications outside of the Laravel context. But um, you know, there was a a real decision within that framework to sort of step away from a more modular approach and i'm I'm curious why they made that call because i yeah personally i would love to see sort of us heading more in that direction not away from that i'd, I'd much rather see things grouped by feature yeah i i thought about that for a while i don't know if for the general audience i mean for most people it makes sense to to have that default but i think just you know asking the question why is the status quo better I think it's an important question that sometimes we do not ask. And I'm saying this about myself, right? Every time that I jump on a new framework or I, I grab a package or anything like that, I very hardly question myself, why is this the best way? Is it even the best way? I don't know. You know, the same thing with, with even modularization when I first started learning about it. I didn't question myself, why is this better? than going the default structure. Now I have the answers. Now I know why I think that's better. But back then I didn't. And um, I think it's important to have community-driven aspects and have default structures. I think that's, that's, that's really good, especially for beginners. But I think that for those of us who, who are already in the industry for a while, it's really important to, to question yourselves, is, is this option First of all, why is it the default? And second of all, is it really better for the solution I'm looking for? Or is it simply the default? You know? And that's kind of the conclusion I reached with, with modular applications, at least for the kind of work that I do. Obviously, if I were writing a simple blog or a simple application, I probably would just go with the default structure and do things quick and get it to market real quick. But for the kind sure. of applications that I do that I'm working with other people, that the business usually has a clear goal. I found that grouping things by module makes much more sense than grouping things by type because, you know, what does a blog post have to do with an order or a product, even though they might live in the same code base and they might live in the same directory and they might be next to each other? The only thing they share is that they are models, but that's it. It ends there. Yeah. So by experience and by, you know, trying new things and trying new approaches. So, you know, we're mostly talking about the strategical piece of modularization and not talking so much about code, but even on the code side of things, I tried a lot of things. I tried, you know, going with the default Laravel structure. I tried going with those domain-driven design-inspired versions where you split things by domain and application infrastructure. I tried vertical slices. I had to try a bunch of things to first find something that I enjoyed and later share that with my colleagues to see if it makes sense for them as well. Because just making sense to me isn't enough. I work in a team, so it needs to be something that everyone's comfortable with. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's the unhelpful answer to, the, to a lot of this stuff is like, you just have to figure it out and choose what works best for you, right? Like, it's not, there, there just isn't, a, a perfect recipe for everything, unfortunately. Yeah, I do think it is. It depends, but I also I, I I don't think it's just it depends, or I don't think it's just 
whatever. I think it's it depends, but there's definitely one thing you're gonna think is best, and that's the one you should pick. You know, I think you should stand by your opinions. I see this happen a lot of time. People think something, think something is better, but uh, you know, they don't do it or or they do it differently because someone else said so. And if there was if there was one thing I've learned in this almost 10 years that I've been developing is people don't really know what you're working on. And e even when you, you, you grab some really smart folks, I'm definitely not one of them, but you'll listen to some really smart folks and they have general advice. It's easy to think, okay, they're probably right and I'm wrong because they have, you know, 30 years of experience and they've worked at this place, this place, and this place. But it's also quite possible that for your context, they're wrong. I feel that if you're if you're doing things and you're following patterns and uh, that kind of thing, and you feel they do not make sense, if you feel they're super complicated and you don't like creating a bunch of files and you think it's slowing you down and making things more complicated, it probably is making things more complicated and you probably shouldn't stand by it. You should probably change things, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think my hesitation there is that a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times it, it isn't so easy to know <laughs> yeah and yeah. and also a lot of times even if you can come up even if you have a really solid argument for why some different approach is better than the conventional approach i, I think that sticking to the conventions often is just so much easier for other people <laughs> in the long run yeah, I, I do think you have to have a really good reason. Not to say that you shouldn't, that you shouldn't explore and 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 certainly, you know, consider consider different options because there are lots of times when there is a better approach and it makes sense for you. But I I just I'm I'm a little bit <laughs> I'm a little bit hesitant to to fully say like yeah always question the conventions because a lot of times it's just like. No, if the convention is is fine, even if you think there's something a little bit better, like stick with the convention because it's just going to be easier for everybody in the long run and really decide when to choose those battles because they're going to introduce... It's not just that they introduce a little bit of friction now, but they essentially introduce friction forever, <laughs> right? Oh, like, yeah. Moving forward. I should have worded it better. Maybe what I wanted to say is, you know, question the conventions, even knowing that you're probably wrong and they're right, because I've tested this with a bunch of people and through a lot of time. But um, my point is mostly, you know, sometimes you are right. Sometimes what you think is best is best. And uh, I see that happen. I, I see that going both ways, um, especially with, for example, domain-driven design. I see these people trying domain-driven design and going, you know, I don't like this. This doesn't make sense to me. And it probably doesn't. You know, someone someone who's super experienced and highly renowned on their field, it, it doesn't mean they're always right. Sure. And going back to, to modularization real quick, if you have a modular application and you're still following the Laravel directory conventions, is that not, do you think that's following the conventions? Well, I mean, that was why we, I mean, that was really why we built modular is we wanted to kind of have the best of both worlds and you know that there's there's the uh really popular laravel modules package and the thing that kind of 
put me off of it was just there were a lot of decisions that felt like things were just a little bit different just for the just because they were a little different not for any really noteworthy reason mm-hmm. right like just just little things like where you put your views or where you put your um where you put your factories i i can't remember exactly what it was but it was just like oh and if we're using this we have to put our views in like a capital v views namespace in a different directory or something you know it was something like that and that just felt like why is this different (laughs) yeah and so i think yeah you you can i think continue to follow the laravel conventions with a modular approach and I, and I haven't watched too much of your Laracast series yet so I can't speak to it much but I I get the sense looking at it that that's basically what you're advocating for is you know you're still kind of following the same conventions just inside of uh separate namespaces right yeah, essentially I mean, on the course I kind of show different options okay I would say that personally what I really like these days are vertical slices so I just create a folder that describes a feature and I, I dump everything in there. But in a team, like you said previously, it's not necessarily what I think is best, right? So uh, for example, in the project I'm working on right now, what we do is pretty much modules and then Laravel conventions, pretty much modular, really. You know, the source folder being the equivalent of the app folder and then database dev and resources views, that kind of thing on the root of the module. And uh, I, I agree. I mean. And personally, I, I, I really like vertical slices. I think it makes a lot of sense. But I do think that having something like modular, the structure that it provides, the default Laravel structure within modules, it's a really, really interesting middle ground between still following the Laravel conventions, but also having the necessary context to make the changes on your application. Yeah, it felt like the right balance and you know a couple of years out i still i still feel like that i because i i definitely i appreciate the appeal of you know introducing a new namespace and just kind of throwing everything in there and not having so uh, and like sort of peeling back a little bit of the structure like i think there's there are benefits to that but in the end you know and and we like i said we kind of tested this theory and it feels like it's played out you know, bringing on a new experienced Laravel developer who's never seen modular before, you know, he was really able to very quickly get comfortable with uh, adding new features, adding new modules, modifying features, you know, because it's really just one new concept to learn, right? Everything, everything else is exactly the same. And that feels, that feels good to me. And I think like, even if you weren't using modular, you could you could essentially do that that same approach, and I think I would encourage it uh, as sort of like a starting point, as like a comfortable middle ground. No, I think it's fantastic, especially because if you use modular, you get this scaffolding commands back, right? Which is something that people usually miss as soon as you go out of the Laravel way. Like, okay, how do I create a model? Do I have to create this by hand? And like these days, I do it by hand because I'm so used to it. But having the commands available is a huge time saver. 
Yeah, I you know, I know that's a big thing for people. Honestly, it doesn't matter at all to me. <laughs> yeah, same. You know, I was just trying to um it was more like a due diligence thing of well, people use these make commands. So if I want this to be a, an appropriate way to to do things, I need to solve that problem. <clears throat> but I'm kind of like you. I it's it's um I don't know, it's rare that I feel like I get much benefit. Honestly, I usually just copy an existing file yeah, <laughs> and start from there. Yeah, you know? I do that as well. Or or use Laravel Idea. But I for me, I think the the bigger benefit to using modular is all the auto discovery stuff because that's the thing. If you're going to roll your own modules, you lose a lot of the the really nice convenience that mm-hmm. Laravel gives you. I can just drop a new command in my modules commands directory, and it's just auto register. Yeah. Right? I can just if I just put views in the views directory, they're just auto registered with the correct namespace, right? And um, yeah, that's awesome. The route I just create a routes file, and the those routes are auto registered, right? Like all of that stuff um, is just handled for me. And just like Laravel, I can peel any of that back if I need to and take a little bit more control over it. But it gives me that same base starting point. And then, you know, I can go from there. And for me, that is probably the most important piece of, of the, pa- the, the package modular that we maintain is just like knowing I can new up a module and just go from there uh, and like I don't have to create a service provider and register some new namespaces with Blade and register you know, some all new the all the with Blade, the right? user. Yeah, like all of that stuff is handled for me. Factories and policies and you know all all of that auto discovery because there's a lot of it in Laravel at this yeah. point. And for the most part, it's pretty easy to hook into, but. It's just you have to hook into a bunch yeah, of places. Yeah, it's so boilerplate, right? As to how to go into a service provider, register config files, resources, views, that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. So having the make commands is nice, but it's it's really that piece that feels the most valuable to me. I agree. And you know that that was kind of my same issue with the uh, the Laravel modules package was. You know, because it's not using those same conventions, it has to kind of, I, I don't know, I guess it, it, it probably handles auto-discovery for you too, but it's just like a little different, you know? Yeah, I don't know either. But I mean, that, that that's my point, I think. If you have, sometimes I see people saying, oh, you're, you're not following the Laravel conventions with a modular app. But to me, if you have a modular app that still has the same directories and the same things in the same places, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be smart ass. It, it, to me, it's still, you know, Laravel. It, it, it doesn't really have anything different. It's just, yeah. that it's as if you had, you know, instead of having one gigantic Laravel application, you have t- several smaller Laravel applications. Yeah. That's all that yeah. it changes to me. That's, that's, that's the only difference that I can see. Yeah. But those applications are all inside the same code base. Yeah. And, you know, can communicate without having to do like, uh, you know, network service discovery and, and 
you know, RPC calls and all that stuff. Yeah, man. And that, that, that's what I really love about, about modular monolithic applications. You have those really cool benefits that you would have in a microservices application without having to deal with the whole, you know, talking over a network, maybe having to use something like gRPC or, you know, introducing Kafka to do event-driven communication between services, which, I mean, if you have a large team and you have someone who can set all of that up and you just code, in my experience, it was okay. It wasn't, you know, super nice, but it was okay. Now, if you don't have that, it's it's messy. It's really messy. Yeah. yeah. All right. I have I have two last things that I want to touch on. Um, if you still have a little bit of time. Yeah, sure. The first one is I wanted to push back a little bit on the don't mix modules and uh regular application code because I uh, you know that we we do have both and i actually think that for the most part it makes a lot of sense because in my experience if you look at other modular architectures whether it's like a you know like a a big forum software that has a bunch of different features that you can turn on and off or something like that there's almost always a core module right mm-hmm. That's just the, hey, this is the stuff that we just can't operate without this existing, right? And, um, you know, if you look at the way that Laravel's architected, there's the, you know, Laravel support and Laravel foundation stuff mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, is the same premise. And so for me, I really actually like having an app namespace and then a modules namespace. And it's kind of like, the code there's cert, there's some code that is like application level code and then there's code that's module level code mm-hmm. and most things don't go into the to the app namespace and at this point in you know our applications lifecycle almost nothing goes into the application namespace because that core stuff already exists and you mm-hmm. know, you know there's not it's very rare that you're going to add something that's like new core code but like I said, you know, stuff around, you know, your user models, your user uh, and authentication, particularly in Laravel, stuff where there's sort of certain expectations about mm-hmm. what's going to exist where. You're just going to have a better time if your main user model is called app user <laughs> than or app models user. like. Laravel makes certain assumptions about like or or other packages make certain assumptions and I find that it's kind of a nice a nice way to approach things because in my experience there is a little bit of code that's just like application level that doesn't belong in an individual module yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's fine. I think having that that core aspect, whether you make it a you know a core module or just give it an app, I think that's fine. I think the problem is if you try to really mix things, and you have certain modules. Because here's the thing: even if you don't have a modules folder, if you don't have them logically separated, those relationships still exist, right? So if you have an e-commerce software that's a regular layer of application, you still have, even though you know. You, you haven't artificial, artificially created a folder for it and grouped things. You still have a shopping module. You still have a checkout module. They're just not clearly defined. They still exist. I think the problem comes when you when you mix those. So 
Sure, if you yeah. have an existing application and you say, okay, now I think we should move to modules, you can't just dump everything in one go. You have to do that progressively, or you know, even just move what you think is important and leave everything in the app. But I think that if you're starting a new application, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense to keep some features in modules and some features in the app namespace. I think that's yeah, no, I agree completely. Yeah. Okay. So I just I just misunderstood what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely don't want to mix the two approaches. And I mean, you know, that's that's still a pain point for us because we introduced the modular approach well into the the Laravel applications lifespan. And so there are plenty of features that still exist under the app namespace that just it hasn't made sense for various reasons for us to extract out. And um it sucks. <laughs> you know, it's just a pain, it's just a pain to deal with. And every time I I have to work on something that's not particularly if it's like the more specific of a feature it is, where I'm just like, oh my God, all this stuff is like its own thing, but I have to like hunt through the whole application namespace to find all the pieces of it, it drives me nuts. Yeah, man, you just put it super nicely. I think that's what I was trying to say early in the episode. Even if you have a regular application, you know, the feature you're working on is still its own thing. It's just spread across multiple directories and mixed with a bunch of things. That, that That's kind of what I wanted to say, but I agree. I think the nice aspect though is, you know, you don't have to start a project with modular. Um, you can modularize it as you go. You know, I think lots of us already have existing product, existing projects, and people might think, okay, you know, do I have to start a new project to use this? No, you can just, you know, maybe develop a new feature, you can put that in a module. And maybe as you go, as you have time, you start extracting some things into modules, or maybe you just say, okay, it's not worth extracting this, and you just leave that on the app directory. I think that's fine as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one other, like, I, I try not to, I try not to hype this too much because I, I think that it's easy to get kind of caught up in over-optimizing for, for an, eventu an eventuality that's never going to happen. But one thing that we've definitely done with Modular that I, I, that is really nice, specifically because each module's structure is really how I would structure a typical Laravel package as well is because your whole thing is like this nice little box. And it, in the case of modular, it's got its own composer.json file. It's got its own config file. It's got its own readme potentially. You can just, and, and it's all under its own separate namespace. You can just rip that whole thing out into a separate package uh, and publish it. You know, if if I have a feature that I want to share across two different projects, I can implement it as a module in one, knowing that at some point, may, maybe this is going to be useful in this other project, and I can just pull it out there. Or, you know, we have an internal an internal CMS um, that we use that I've, you know, I just kind of know at some point I want to open source, but right now, for various reasons, I can't. So that just lives in its own module. And uh, at some point to publish it, I literally will just grab that entire directory and 
copy and paste all those files into a new Git repo, and it's pretty much all configured for me already. You know, I, I'll have to go. Then you have to go into your service provider and do all the registration stuff because modular is no longer um, yeah auto auto registering. But it's a it's just like a cool little pattern, especially if you um, are you know if you like to open source stuff that you work on. Right, and I think that, that that goes back to what we were saying because that that only works if you were mindful of your boundaries, right? Even if you don't actively think about that, but if your module talks to a lot of stuff in your application, it's going to break once you remove it, right? Yep. So one one thing that I try to to make very clear on the course is with with modules you have a box, right? Whether it is a black box or whether it is a a white box, it, it's up to you. You're given a box. If you want to make it a black box where no other module even knows it exists, you can do that. It's going to be more complicated. You're going to have more trouble. Maybe for what you do, it's worth it. For most of the things that I do, it's not worth it. So I, I don't mind having external references and talking to different modules directly, that kind of thing. But I know that for some people, and uh, I have lots of friends, lots of friends that are working that work in the banking sector, and I know that for some specific things, they have to be mindful of that. I do not, so I don't really mind that. But um, yeah, I think that's super cool. Uh, I There were a few situations where we extracted things to packages, and there were also situations where we extracted entire modules into separate services, like separate applications, and uh, right. started doing network calls. And, and that was a delight, because since we had the modules, and uh, even though we, we were not super strict about communication and whatnot, we still had that going through some services we just extracted the module. We replaced the services. There was an interface to use the network, and it just worked. I mean, yeah. sure, we had to look at certain things because the network can fail, that kind of thing. So error handling was a little bit more complicated. And, um, and for example, you don't have exceptions anymore unless you do that on, on, on your connection layer. So obviously, it wasn't just replacing it, but it was so, so, so much easier than you know, the other option. Right. And that's, I mean, that's the reality of scale for most applications is you never know. I mean, I think the reason why so many people got bitten by the microservice hype is most applications do not need <laughs> the the benefits that microservices provide, right? Like, uh, particularly the scale benefit of yeah. like, being able to spin up, you know, as many or as few of any given microservices necessary for your load, that sort of thing. Like most applications are just not going to deal with that. But the advantage of sort of starting with a monolith is, but modularizing it is if you ever do happen to get to a place where one given module becomes a bottleneck in your application like you then have the opportunity to look at other options and if your application is sort of split into separate features you're going to have an easier time of extracting that out into its own service or maybe finding a third party that just handles it better at scale for you or you know whatever whatever the solution may be it just gives you more options but most people are not going to need those those options until you do and when you do it's hard to know at the beginning <laughs> how to prepare for it but this at least gives you 
a path, right? Yeah, it makes it easier. And it's super flexible, right? So you can go super, super soft on it and just have the modules and still do your live applications. Uh, maybe you want to go a little bit more in depth and you can start introducing some some facades between between modules to ensure that you're not talking to the module internally directly and reduce coupling. Maybe you're a little bit more hardcore and you start communicating through events. Maybe you're super hardcore and every module is a black box that does not know that each other exists. You don't share SQL queries, that kind of thing. It, you can do pretty much anything and it, it's super versatile. That's why I find it very hard to answer questions specifically about how you should code within your modules because I don't really know what someone's aiming for, how many people they work with, what the company does, you know, their stat, all of that. And all of that matters. But the point is, you can just use the organizational aspect or you can go super hardcore and also think about all these different things and coupling. And if you want to extract them, if you want to extract them to a package, to a different service, all of those things. I, I think it's a super versatile pattern, I would say that I think most projects can benefit from to some extent at the very least. So my last, the last thing that I just kind of wanted to open up to you to see if, if uh, this goes anywhere is, you know, you just released this, uh, this Laracast course. Congrats, by the way, that's awesome. Oh, and uh, I know you're talking at Laracon EU uh, about modularization as well, right? Yeah. So I know that like you just, this is a thing that you've been thinking about a lot. Is there just anything else that, you know, that you covered in your course or that you're thinking about for your talk that you just, we haven't touched on that you, you think is worthwhile to highlight, or do you think we kind of covered, covered the topic pretty well? I mean, I think when I think about, about modules, I think the organization aspect is, is a given, right? It comes with modularization by default, but I do think that the coupling aspect is something very important to at least watch out for. And we kind of talked about this a lot. But uh, I guess I'm just trying to reinforce that the way how your modules communicate to one another is, is really important. And not necessarily because I'm trying to say that coupling is bad or anything. I don't think that. I, I say this in the course. I think coupling is a spectrum, right? So it's not you're either, we talked about this, you're either coupled or not. It's, it's a spectrum. Sure. And you've got to find out what you're comfortable with, what your team is comfortable with. If you have a large team, you probably want to be less coupled between modules because you want different people to be working on different modules. If you have a small team, maybe you're fine with, with a little bit more coupling and that kind of thing. And it's always a trade-off, right? So you're trading something for that low coupling. Maybe you have more, more, more boilerplate. Maybe you have a little bit more interaction layers, which makes your code up. For example, uh, an event-driven code base, it, it's harder to know what it does because it's all through events. So you don't go into a class and you say, okay, this class called class B that calls class C. It's this class dispatches an event and I don't know what it does over there. So for sure. But I do think it's it's very important to and I don't know how to put this into words because it, it's like something I do by default. And I think you do too. Uh the time that you have those modules, you you just think about them. You go, okay, maybe, maybe you know, your exams module, it, it has to talk to this certificates module what is the best way to do this, right? And sometimes it's just having a relationship on your model because, you know, you're using eloquent. Sometimes you, you we try to, if you're using eloquent, you have to abide by certain things, I think, and make your life easier. And sometimes it's just adding that relationship on your model. But uh, sometimes maybe you want to have a service in the middle, an interaction layer that makes it a little bit more complicated, but 
weren't some good results. So I don't know if I'm making any sense. I'm trying to, but it, it's 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 very abstract. No, I I think I get what you're saying. Just just that a valuable consideration when you're when you're thinking about modules is what's the you know what are the trade offs between sort of yeah ease of use and coupling exactly. And I and, think that uh, comes by default when you when you start doing modules, you start thinking about yeah. that by default. Yeah. No, I get that. Nice. Okay. Well, this has been awesome. Is there anything else that uh, that comes to mind before we we start to close it up? No, I think I think we touched on the on the most important the most important subject. Well, it's been uh, it's been awesome having you on, and it, this has been a great conversation. I, you know, I really, I know that when Daniel worked here, uh, you know, he said to me a couple times like, the thing that I try to bring to every client that I work with now after working at Internachi is like modular. <laughs> you told me <laughs> and, something uh, similar not long ago, like a week ago or so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like it's one of those things that once you get a feel for how nice it is it's like you want you want everyone to know about it <laughs> yeah that's how i feel man it's like when you want your friends to know about something you go and say chris chris try this chris try this chris try this and they're like nah not really no you know and until you convince them to try it for the first time and if they like it it usually goes super well right but getting them to try it that that's where I think things are a little bit hard yeah and i think the problem with this is it's like it's not sexy at all, you know? It's like, I, I can tell you, oh, you should try out, like, um, you know, I remember when Aaron Francis's sidecar came out and it's like this amazing uh, thing to handle like these Lambda calls for you. And it's just like, that's an easy pitch to anyone to check out because it's freaking cool and it's, you know, just like flashy and you can imagine all these different use cases. Whereas modularization is just like, oh, this is just going to make you have a better time in general with, but like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Right? And also, I think, I mean, I think as as developers, we like complex things, right? Uh, we, sure. we want to write complex code and that kind of thing. And I, I don't think modularization is very complex. Like at its core, it, it starts by creating a new namespace and you take it from there. So right. it doesn't have that appeal for sure. Yeah. Well, I hope that at least a few people uh, check out one of these approaches based on this conversation. So, you have you have this course on Laracast. What's what's the best way to find that? Just I guess uh, it's called Laravel yeah, modules, yeah, modular it's Laravel, called modular Laravel. Yeah, yeah. Just go to Laracast.com. It's on the homepage. It's it's the latest course, so it's on the top of the homepage. It's a 26 lessons course, three and three, three, three hours and a half, I think. Yeah. And three it goes hours, 31 minutes. Basics. Yeah. It goes from the very basics. We go a little bit overkill at some points just to, to showcase a possible solution. And uh, we, we go through everything, how to create modules, how to talk between modules. Uh, we cover the modular package by Internachi. We cover the Laravel modules. We cover Laravel idea. We talk about grouping by type, grouping by feature, vertical slices, domain-oriented modules as well, event-driven communication. We cover a bunch of things. You're probably not going to use even a third of them, but it's good to know. Awesome. 
Well, thanks again. And uh, until next time. Awesome, dude. Thank you for having me. This was really, really cool. And I'm really nervous still. (laughs) You did great.